Hello, and welcome to the Talented Amateurs Podcast. My name is Joe Randolph, your host, and today we have Chantille Rogers, who is Director of Music Matters in Rotterdam, based in the Netherlands. We will learn more about what she does with Music Matters, which gives young people in Rotterdam a boost and find their own way in the world of music, education, and talent development. We will also hear how she is impacting sickle cell awareness in the Netherlands, which has an impact on the black and brown communities. We'll also dive into the work and impact she is driving across the community in Rotterdam and Amsterdam. So let's get started. Chantel, how are you doing today? And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Sunday is always a nice day to relax and just read and reflect a little bit and look forward to this week. So I'm doing good. Great. And I do appreciate you coming on today. I know that um, as we've had an opportunity to meet and and talk, um, I really was impressed with a lot of the work that you're doing there in the community, um, some of the passion you have around sickle cell awareness. And so I wanted to bring and highlight some of that work and and really bring um, some of your message to the forefront and just being able to share your story, because I think you have done some phenomenal work there across the community and just the way that you're involved. And and so as we get started, we'll touch on a lot of those topics along the way. But just kicking off, let's maybe tell us about who is Chantel and tell us a little more about your background, where you're from, and and we'll start there. Okay. Yeah, I'm Chantel Rogers, 41 years old. I was born in Amsterdam. I grew up in Rotterdam, which is uh, the second largest city in the Netherlands. Uh, my parents are originally from Suriname. That's a country next to Brazil, so South America. And um, I studied sociology. I did a bunch of things, and maybe we'll get into that today. And also, I was born with sickle cell anemia. Awesome. Thank you for that. And and so maybe let's start with, so you're currently director of Music Matters. And tell us a little bit about what Music Matters is and what is your role and what do you do as director? Yeah. Um, Music Matters is an organization that's been around for, I think, 14 years now uh, in Rotterdam. And we develop programs around music education and talent development. And I started working there January to January uh, 2019. And yeah, like you said, I work as a director, which mainly means that I'm um, responsible for this um, strategy and um, for making sure that every kid in Rotterdam gets the opportunity to develop their talent in music. And so with, with that talent in music, you know, what are some of the, you know, I'm always interested in how different music and, and just how the talent is cultivated in different regions, different countries. Tell us more about that work and, and what does the talent development, development process look like there in, in Rotterdam and with Music Matters? Yeah, so um, over here you get music, you get into, if it, if it goes the right way, you get intro, uh, introduced to music at a young age in elementary school. But that's just a touch of it. Like you don't really get a lot of music education. I don't know if it, how it is over there, but over here the focus is a lot on math and all the other uh, non-creative courses. We have a lot of music schools in the, in the neighborhoods and everything. And what we see 
is that not every child comes from a comes from a background or a family where they get introduced to music. So where it's natural that they go to a music school. So what we're trying to do is make the music education within the schools more inclusive because we have a very diverse uh, pop uh, population here in, uh, in Rotterdam. We have more than 170 nationalities living here. So people from Morocco, people from Cape Verde, people from Suriname, people from Curaçao, all these different countries living here. And we don't see that we don't see that in the education programs. So what we're trying to do is make sure that children, you, you, can't, uh, you can't be what you can't see. So what we're trying to do is make sure that everybody recognizes themselves in those programs and uh, get introduced to the programs that we have after school and make sure that if they have a talent that they get, get directed to the, I don't know how you say, conservatorium. So what's the, the high education uh, name for um, music schools? Right, like know. in the university school, sometimes there may be arts, um, maybe school of the arts, or and they, they focus on different elements. So that's similar to some of the, the programs that you may see here in the U.S. If they don't study directly in a university, they may go to a performing arts school where they can also foster some of that creative talent. Where it could be dance, it could be um, music, and, and some of those creative creative um, um, elements within the U.S. So that's similar to, sounds like that's what it's similar to as well. Well, exactly that then. Uh, so we're trying to get that path more smoother and make sure that um, people who can't afford it or can't afford it for their children can get, know the way to financial aid because there there is a lot of, there is a lot possible when it comes to financial aid for creative projects and also for sports. So we're trying to direct them to that. Yeah, that's in a nutshell what we do. Now, music matters. It, it's in a, it, it serves as a tool to help stimulate aspects such as cooperation, respect, and understanding each other in, in emotional and social development of children. And, and so as it plays a role in helping them understand or use music to, to express themselves and identify others, talk to us more about that component that Music Matter does have a focus in, in terms of creating some of these emotional and social development opportunities in children. Yeah, so so what we believe in is that not every child is going to be, not everybody is going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a, a teacher. Like there's there's also the next uh, violinist. <laughs> And there's also, um, I don't know, I see a poster here in my living room of Questlove. There's also the next drummer. There's also the next Timbaland. And uh, if you don't like, if you don't touch them with that, they're never going to develop that talent or they're never going to ex experience that talent that's already within them. So that's what we focus on. And we think, and not even we, I mean, research had shown, has shown that music, not only music, but also let's say theater, uh, other creative, uh, other, other parts that touch your create creativity do a lot when it comes to the development of other fields like, like math or like other, uh, other skills that you need in life. No, and I, I think that's, that's, that is a great, um, I actually took a couple of dance classes when I was in college and it did, it does help cultivate other parts of of your life. Now, I didn't turn into a dancer, obviously, but it did help me in other elements in terms of my athletics, 
you know, but then also the discipline helped me apply that to different uh, different other areas of my of, of my life. And, and I'm curious with students and with young people, what have what have you seen as some of the 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 common trends or threads that usually come up for them as they're going through trying to develop their craft as musicians? And how do you help them overcome those? Because um, there's always self doubt. There's always you know, obstacles. How do you teach and help them get through that and be resilient? What we do is um, we work a lot with professional musicians. So uh, role models that already been through that road. So a lot of the teachers and the mentors that we use in our program are people who already and who are still musicians who already been through a lot of things. So they co-develop with us. They co-create with us. So uh, by doing that, we hope that we can um, prevent them from making the same mistakes. And those mistakes can be a variety of things, like the simple things, how to handle uh, a writer block, to how to get my next project funded, to how am I going to stay relevant in this digital time where everybody's just creating, 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 and you have so much choice. How am I gonna like make sure that I stand out? So all those things we we help them with by co-creating with with artists. Got it. And you mentioned some of that that digital element. Um, today, people can make music, and you you can you you almost eliminate the middle the middle AR component or the account rep who normally would help build an album, charge you. But now you can put out music without having to having a lot of investment financially, how, how are you developing and well, how are you adjusting to the digital element? Because I think you touched on that. We'd love to hear more about how you are adjusting the way that you provide and work with, with talent around this, around this digital movement. Yeah, we, I mean, it has both, it, it has two sides. So yes, there's a lot, you, you, you definitely, it kind of leveled the playing field. But you also see that it's that because there's so much, it's it's very hard to stand out and to make sure that your track winds up in the Spotify playlists, or just to mention one thing, uh, or to make sure that you 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 get signed or that you stand out. And I think we still need those professionals. You mentioned an AR, uh, business manager, talent, talent, talent manager. I think you still need that team around you. To, to get your feedback, to make sure your demo is everywhere, um, to make sure that you get a great deal or to make sure that um, you can further develop and make the, the choices that are good for your career. So I wouldn't say you don't need all those people anymore, but also when it comes to ERs, you get seen easier. You get, yeah, you get seen easier. Right. You get noticed easier. Got you. So, so you're saying there's still a balance that you still need that person that can go out on behalf and get you in rooms that you may not be able to get in yourself or get you in front of the right um, audience so that your music can be heard. It's one thing to put it out yourself, but then you still need that person that understands the the networking, the the connections to prepare you to that to the top of the list. Okay, awesome. Especially if you're not signed with a major label. That's 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 a good point. Why why music matters? You you you've done a lot there in Rotterdam. So what what drew you to music matters? 
um, where you probably could have done anything, you know, you're a talented, a talented lady, you could have done anything in Rotterdam. What, what, what drew you to, to Music Matters? First of all, I love music. I love music. I get up with music. I go to bed with music. But the years before that, I was a consultant uh, for for local governments and as well as, do you say minister ministries? Um, ministers or 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 elected officials, depending on. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, so I'd, I did that for 10 years on education, uh, safety, and health. And I saw this. I wasn't even looking for anything. I was at a great, uh, at a great consultancy uh, company. I was doing great. And I saw this. I don't know. I don't even know how, where I saw it. But I, I saw the, um, the job online. And I was like, oh, my God, this is for me. This, mm-hmm. this one is for me. It just called me. And... I just applied and here I am. And I used to work throughout the country. Now I work in my own city. So that also like um, even gives me a better feeling to like, I'm really contribu- contributing to the youth over here. So yeah, I still love it every day. Wow, that's great. And before we, as we, before we transition um, you, so music, in Amsterdam, Rotterdam, in the Netherlands, um, I had a chance to attend the Lauren Hill concert in Amsterdam, and I was just really amazed about just the excitement and the enthusiasm at that concert. And it was it was electric. It was a lot of energy. Talk to me about the the, the trends in music in the Netherlands, in Rotterdam, and in Amsterdam. Um, and how and what are some of the changing factors there that's happening? Because I wasn't sure how much people will be into hip hop or even Lauren Hill for that matter, because she hasn't been particularly on the scene. She started to start doing concerts in the U.S. and then started to expand out. But talk to us about the music scene there and what what is what are some of the trends and the growing trends that's happening over there in, in the Netherlands? Well, it's super. Like I said, we have a very uh, diverse population here. So we, we, we have all these cultures, like a lot of people from Ghana, a lot of people from Nigeria, a lot of people from Suriname, from Cape Verde, uh, Turkey and Morocco. So that means that the music, music scene is very diverse. So you can really pick and choose where, which experience you want to have. Uh, we also listen to a lot of American music. So we grew up on that. We grew up on Notorious B.I.G. or as, as far as I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now. So we grew up on hip hop and we used to like also check MTV raps and everything and, 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 and read the vibe or like, we always been looking, uh, looking at y'all, gotcha. which is the now more, more than ever. I think, especially, especially with developments like Spotify is that the Dutch hip hop scene is enormous. Like if you look at the, the streams uh, on annual base, that's the the, the 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 genre that's been that's being listened to the most over here. Uh, so that's good. That's good. Well, as far as the, the scene, like I already said that there's a lot. There's a lot of music festivals, international music festivals that attract a lot of people from outside, from 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 England, from America, like Nagnoti Jazz Festival. We have that every year. We didn't have that this year because of COVID. Uh, so yeah, it's a very it's a very vibrant um, scene over here. 
Yeah, I actually really had a great time, even though I missed part of the concert because a few meetings at work were delayed and I ended up leaving Ireland and my flight mm. was got in late and then trying to get from the airport. So very good. So thank you for that. Really love some of the the, the passion that you have um, as it relates to music and some of the things you're doing there in the community with young people in regards to helping them cultivate their talent. So um, really looking forward to your continued impact um, in this space and with Music Matters. So maybe let's shift and let's talk a little bit more about some of the work you're doing with Sickle Cell. You're with IXL, um, which is a nonprofit or organization that that focuses on sickle cell. Can you tell us more about what IXL is, their mission and what they do? And then we'll talk more into about your role and what you're playing there. Like I said, I was born with sickle cell myself uh, years ago. And sickle cell put me through all that. Um, And it was actually when I was maybe, when I was going to, when I was in college that I started taking more control of that, of that process. And I'd be, I don't want to say victim because that's weird, but not be like totally dependent on whatever my disease was going to do that day. So I started taking more charge of that. And always like at the beginning of the school year, I got, went to my mentor and I was like, yo, I have this disease, sickle cell, which means this is this. Maybe I'm gonna get admitted at time. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe I need some time extra with exams or, or whatever I needed at that point. How are we gonna make sure that I walk out of this school with a diploma in four years? What are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? So by starting that conversation, initiating that conversation, I really saw the effect that it had on my school results and the outcome. And before that, I I did a couple of years I had to do I had to redo them so I was like okay if this works for me then maybe it can also work for other people so that's when I started thinking about this foundation I had been doing work uh, volunteer work for the patient organization back then I was doing that for 10 years then but I needed something more something that's more focused on excelling the organizations I excel that you can excel, that you can be whatever you want, even if you have that disease. So that's why uh, when I founded that organization five years ago. And what we do, we basically believe in, we basically operate from the belief that even if you have a disease, you can still be whatever you want to be, whoever you want to be and excel, like like I just said. But also the more people, so that's the awareness part, the more people that know of sickle cell, the easier the lives of the people with sickle cell will be when they go to work, when they go to school, when they all had relationships, everything. Um, So we operate from that. And so we do campaigns and we also do projects that will, that better the position of sickle cell patients on social and economic field. And maybe let's maybe take a, a step back because in some regards, a lot of people may not know what sickle cell is. And maybe tell us a little bit more about what what is sickle cell and and why is this a uh, 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 such a has such an impact on a person and, and their in their life? Can you maybe share a little bit about, more about what sickle cell is? 
Yeah, so sickle cell is a disease that affects the, um, the form of the red blood cell. Uh, so the, the, the normal red blood cell is round and um, the red blood cell transports um, oxygen to the organs and everywhere. So with sickle cell, it has the form of a sickle, which we know uh, is instrument. Um, so when it gets that shape, it clutters in the veins. And when that happens, the, the bones don't get enough, the bones and the tissue don't, don't get enough oxygen and it hurts. So that's what we know as a sickle cell crisis. It's the, it's the intense pain that you see sometimes in movies or pictures. Like. So that's what sickle cell is mainly uh, known from, known of. But it also, um, over the years, it can also, um, you can also get organ damage as a patient. So, and that's not a problem if it's the non-vital organs, but if it's the vital organs like the heart, the kidneys, uh, the spleen, then it could be uh, could be a problem. With sickle cell, what are or, or as you've done this work and obviously um, exp- you know suffering or have this this disease as well. What are you seeing is now some of the important developments in sickle cell awareness and, and, and how it's being treated? Have you anything that you can share around some of the advancements around the disease and how people are now able to treat it? I remember having a classmate in college that suffered from sickle cell and I, you know, we used to have to help and support when they were having crises and making sure that they, to your point, could still get through their coursework. What, what are you seeing as some of the advancements that as we learn more and know more about this disease that's helping um, better treat it for patients or for people that suffer from this disease? Yeah. So back in the 80s, when I was young, um, there really wasn't much they, they could do or, or, or did for you. Like besides the morphine, the pain, the, the pain um, medication and fluid to infusion so that the uh, the blood cells will flow again. But what we see right now is that there are more, the, the doctors have a more standard procedure now that you, when you come in, like they, uh, like is, for instance, in my hospital, they, and in all the sickle cell center, we have six sickle cell center here in the Netherlands, centers here in the Netherlands. So what we see is like, when you come in the ER, they want you like at least on an acceptable pain level in 30 minutes, uh, if that doesn't, if, if nothing helps or within an hour, you get admitted. The admission pretty much goes the same as it used to go. So, so fluid and pain, that's, that's all you can do at that point. But also um, they have more standard checkups. So every two years, my eyes get checked, my lungs get checked, my heart get checked so that they can see the, the if, if you're developing organ damage or not. Uh, and it, so that they can intervene if you do. So that's what we see not only here, but also in the US, in England, and most of the Western countries also. What we have, what, what's been a great development over the years is the transplantation options. So um, for sickle cell, that's the only way to, to get cured right now to a stem cell or bone uh, bone marrow transplantation and they do that now more often and also not with a fully identical match so 
it can also be another family member or also somebody from the uh, from the donor lab. <laughs> Does that does 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 that does that help reduce or does it it doesn't eliminate the disease but does it does or does it when if you get some of the transplants or does it just help reduce some of the the pain or the the amount of crises that you have and I'm not sure if there's a threshold but how does that how does that factor into the disease does it eliminate it does it help you just consume or absorb or at least manage the, the, the disease in a, better, a much more effective way? How does that stem cell research? Uh, it eliminates it. So you get cured okay. from sickle cell okay. because it's on stem cell level. And that's, uh, so the normal blood cells your body will make after that will be normal blood cells and the sickle cells. And with sickle cell, do you, because sometimes you start, typically I've seen where it's more, having more of an impact in the black and brown communities. Maybe share more about why it seems to hit those communities in a higher percentage in some cases, or is is it or is it pretty balanced across when you look at nationalities and race? Um, do you see it balanced? But I typically see it more in black and brown communities. Can you share more about what some of that um, research and some of the studies you've seen there? Yeah, it is. A, it is a, a disease which mainly affects people of color, and primarily black people, but. May, uh, also other, other uh, communities of color, because it has its, um, it's originated from areas that had malaria or still have malaria. So it's, it's um, research says that it, it's a natural way to, it was a natural way for the body to protect against malaria. So back, back then a lot of people died from malaria. So the, the, the body is going to look for a solution. The sickle cell is that solution. So carriers, the people who have the sickle cell trait cannot get malaria. So what you got back then is that people who had the trait who didn't die of malaria, they met each other, they had children and those children had the full blown sickle cell disease because it's a disease that you inherit from your parents. They have the trait or in my, in my case, um, they have trade, so they don't really have the complaints. They don't have them at all. Uh, but I got the disease. So, so yeah. So, so with that history, it being in malaria areas, we see sickle cell in Turkey. We see sickle cell uh, a lot in Africa, like countries like Ghana, Nigeria, the U.S. So, and also countries that have a history. Um, already people originally were from Africa, like Suriname, the South America, but we come from Africa. What and India is, is also sorry. India. India. Oh. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. And I, and I think, you know, I, and I thank you for that awareness because I think for for us, it's really about how do we get more involved and in, in really helping understand what we can impact across this disease because sometimes you may not know a person has it because when they go through a crisis, you probably won't be around or they're not going to, you're not going to know. And I think the more awareness that we can continue to educate in our communities, it will help us being able to, your point, support this disease. And then also as people are in school or as they're working, it'll help us be better advocates and allies in this space to be able to really help support um, these individuals. And I think that that is key. What do you see, what do you see, what would you like to see, or what do you, what do you see as your continued role in fostering sickle cell awareness? And what would you like to see in the future um, as you continue to have an impact in this space? 
I think uh, get diseases and, and sickle cell and other diseases out of the, it's a taboo swear. So the, 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 that is it's normal one out of 10 people has something or is not not completely healthy and that it's normal to uh, to have something and to still participate in life uh and that you, that you don't have to be ashamed of it be afraid how the other is going to respond or treat you or hire you or whatever field you're you're operating in uh so that's one more research more research and more funding it's also very important. We see, we still see that sickle cell is very much underfunded. So if we um, compare it to other diseases that are like about the same amount of patients, but uh, mainly white patients, then we see um, like when it comes to cystic fibrosis, American research had show has shown that. If you look at the funding that goes uh, to that disease in comparison to sickle cell, then there's 11 times more funding going to that disease, which are about, this, about the same amount of um, about the, the same amount of patients. We're also letting that research do. We're also doing that research now over here to see if they're if that's about the same. Uh, so get it more get it funded, and I would also love to see more international collaboration in that field. You know, I, and I think that's something that um, I think is is very realistic. And, you know, obviously, and I was wondering when you start to look at the, the funding and how funding is allocated across diseases that are similar, how does that play out from a demographic perspective, right? And I think, obviously, you know, as we see more of this impacting in our community from a Black and Brown community, perspective, I think it's, it's important for us to really understand how we can have a much more broader and wider impact to this. And I know, um, you know, as you look at the space, we talk about hip hop, one of the uh, members of Mob Deep had sickle cell. And I think you had, um, you, you had some of a relationship, maybe talk to, more, talk to us more about that and how, as we get more awareness, how we, how, how that helps shape some of the, your thinking and impact in terms of sickle cell awareness. So can you maybe talk a little bit more about just kind of that relationship and not necessarily anything uh, detail-wise, but just more so just how when we have people that we know, celebrities or artists that have this, how that can help continue to bring light to the situation and how we can create more advocacy or that people can relate to, that they can maybe see themselves and like, okay, I this this puts a face on it. So can you maybe share a little bit more, share more about what that experience was like and anything that you were able to see where we can continue to drive awareness here? Yeah, so Prodigy, uh, you're talking about Prodigy of Mob Deep. He was the main act in 2015, a music festival. Like I said, like I said we got a lot of nice festivals here. So he was the main he was he was the main act of a festival and I was like wouldn't it be great if some of the youth some of the patients we are working with with sickle cell who also operate on the creative field would get a chance to meet him and talk to him so I emailed his I thought it was his management but it was his publisher I emailed her and she got back to me yeah, sure. Why not? So we met him. 
I, I think I went with four young people with sickle cell and um, he just talked to them for, I think it was two or maybe three hours and, and how he experienced uh, sickle cell and how he combined or how, how he had this, this, this great musical career and also with this disease and how he kept, kept everything in balance and he gave them tips. He was very conscious of what he was eating. I also believe that that food and the diet and and and, and exercise uh, do a lot have, do a lot for people with sickle cell. So we also taught him about that, and he he just taught him a lot of things. And after that, I sent the pictures. Nothing really, especially I sent the pictures to the publisher. It was nice. Some of the youngsters were did some radio interviews after that, how they experienced it, and that was that. But then the next year, he was back in the Netherlands, and he texted me. I was like, "Yo, I'm in Amsterdam. Maybe we can have breakfast, or maybe we can, you know, meet up." And that was really the beginning of our friendship. And yeah, we were friends. We talked a lot of the things that I went through. Back then, we already went through. So I had some eye damage after a flight. And then again, after another flight. And they already had that. So he, he, he taught me how to handle that and how to, like, and not to worry that I will, you know, that blurriness will go away at one point. You just have to have patience. So, so we talked a, a lot, just not, not just about sickle cell, but also about the black community and about how can, how, we can find each other more and better. Um, you also ask what 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 people, celebrities, people that we know can do for sickle cell. Of course, it helps when you know a celebrity speaks out or speaks or has a disease and 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 is not afraid to talk about it. So, I think T Buzz of TLC is also and has been doing amazing work. She goes live about the subject a lot. She writes about it in her book, and and also the the the. I think it also helps for the the, not only for the funding and for the role models and and to see that you're not alone, but also for the rest of the people to see that just because you have sickle cell, that doesn't mean like that you can be a great artist or a great professional or. And, and I think it's great to hear those stories because I think it ultimately, to your point, it gives a face to it, but it also helps it relatable where you know that this person can reach this level of success and still manage this disease. And I think it also will help bring more awareness in terms of the funding opportunities. But then you mentioned just bringing this community together so they can share experiences. And as one person maybe go through one situation the other person may go through something else it helps you guys helps this community continue to learn and help each other out support each other which is half the battle and i think being able to just have a support system in place so i wanted to just kind of hear that story and and i think it's tremendous go ahead yeah but we also need we need more than that so okay yeah there are a few celebrities who have sickle cell but like it's a black disease. And what we really need is for the, especially now with everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter, but also we, we um, uniting more 
re, reuni- black people really uniting also over here. So like with the Black Lives Matter protest over here in Rotterdam, there were more than 10,000 people. For us, that's a lot. So we really need to like black professionals, black organizations, the black community to, 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 to work with us to get that disease better funded, to get better opportunities. Like, um, and we use, I mean, I'm not saying that it, that, that doesn't happen anymore, but I, I feel like there was more ownership, there used to be more ownership of the black community towards that disease. Like if you look at the Black Panthers and how they really had sickle cell programs and everything. I think we, we need that more. No, I, I definitely agree. So so we can definitely th- and, and maybe tell us, you know, as we think about how we can advocate more support for this community, is, is are there certain uh, is there certain places we can go to find out more about the disease? Obviously, we can go to IXL, but are there other resources or other uh, pieces of information that you can direct us to that we can just continue to educate ourselves on not only just the disease, but how we can better support it? I think Sickle Cell 101, 101 is doing an amazing job over there. Sickle Cell 101. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they, they give information, a lot of information. And uh, that's what the name of it says. And uh, Six Cells. Six Cells is an organization um, also in America that also does a lot to get it on the political agenda. They were at the White House right before the elections, I think maybe in August, they were there to talk about how to better, uh, about the needs of sickle cell patients. So I think there's a, there's a lot going on, but we need to all support. And those are the two organizations that I work with every now and then, and but that I'll look up to. Got it. Okay. No, thank you for that. And thanks for sharing. And hopefully um, as people hear and listen in that they can um, do a little bit more research into those organizations as well as IXL, because I think the more we can educate ourselves on this disease, the more we can support it from our, within our community, the, the better we can continue to bring um, uh, more awareness and this to light so that we can just continue to support it ongoing. So thank you for sharing um, your story, but and also sharing some of the things that we can continue to do to support um, sickle cell and and just the disease that that does have an impact on on our community. So thank you. You're also and maybe uh, just shifting um, to maybe some additional things that you're doing there in Rotterdam and Amsterdam. You've been involved in a variety of organizations. Can you share just a little bit more about some of the things that you are also focused on and as you're driving and supporting and impacting the the community in that area anything else that you're working on or anything that you're involved in i'm on a couple of um supervisory boards uh one of the school and the other one of a child care organization in the hague um i'm also artist manager of a hip-hop artist here in the netherlands so that's keep keeps me busy, um, but especially for the the boards, the supervisory boards that I'm in, are participating. In. It, it's more than those two, but I think it's very important that we get on those positions more, and that we, uh, even if it takes a lot of time, that we are better represented when it comes to to boards and and that field, just to make sure that you know to look after all our goals and uh, best interest. 
Okay. And you said you're managing. Let me let me not slip that one. Let that one go by. You managing a hip hop artist and a group. Okay. Tell us more about that. Hip hop artist. Hip hop artist. Okay. What what can you name the group or you know tell us more about that? I, I didn't realize you were also an artist manager. Maybe we can talk about my singing career. So. Um, oh really? <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just playing. No, I don't. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, almost for two years now, um, right after I started working at, uh, I mean, we've known each other for, for, for more than 10 years and, but there were a lot of like, what you see now nowadays in, in, in music industry is that brand partnerships are getting more and more, um, normal, normal. And we see that more often now. So. What happened back then is that a very large brand asked him to collaborate with him. And a fund also uh, contacted him saying that they would like him to apply for something. And like, especially in hip hop, um, those were two, two things that he didn't really do before that. So not like with their brand, not really long-term. Of course, you, you have those short brand partnerships, but like the, the, that's some is more branded content, but long partnership, not that much. And also with the whole funding world, he didn't really know that back then neither. So we were talking about that. It was like I I had some insights, and he was like, "Yeah, let's let's talk again when when you have time." And I was like, "Okay, tomorrow maybe." So we ended up really doing those two things like making a great proposal for their brand and also um uh, get the funding for his next project and during the process he was like how how do you see your role within my uh, career what, what role do you see for yourself in this whole thing and would you like to do a proposal and i was like really okay so i started thinking about what 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 can I do from the experience that I have? Where can I add? What do I still have to learn? And I made a proposal and I started doing this, this management, which is basically I'm responsible for brand partnerships, uh, for, for part of the funding of projects, and also for the strategy of a label because he also he's also a label owner and he has not a lot, but some five artists now five or six yeah, yeah you, you slid that one in i was like let me i wasn't gonna, <laughs> I, I couldn't let you just slide that in and not follow back up on it because that's something new that i haven't heard you mention or knew that you were doing so like i said you're you're just dope you're doing all kinds of things there in, in the in the rotterdam amsterdam community so so thank you for sharing um on that so looking forward to seeing how you began this budding artist management career so um when you start getting let me know when uh, the first the next festival start up in amsterdam so i can try to take a trip over so as we as we come to close a few things maybe before we close out as we approach 2021 and we don't know how it's going to look just yet with COVID, but what are some of the things that you have on your radar any big bets or any big projects or niches that you're driving into next year can you share you know some of those things you have lined up going into the new year yeah, yeah, I can. Um, as far as uh, we were talking about music, as far as, as music, for music matters, 
I would love to dive into um, how to or, or maybe develop a program together with the university that's focused on long longevity of musicians. So like uh, if you look at Harvard, they have this program now. I think it's a recent program where they focus on longevity of our, uh, athletes. And they also have a, a special MBA program, but they also have an athlete. I would love something like that for musicians because they make a lot of money in a very short time, but you can be a musician forever. So what's your plan after that? So I would love to do something with the university, uh, maybe some kind of program that will contribute to that. As far as sickle cell, I really, really, really this year, my focus or upcoming year to 2021, I really want to focus on getting it funded on European level. So I hope our, our research that we're, we're doing right now to see how it's funded in comparison to uh, cystic fibrosis, that it will help to making that more visible, how it is here in the Netherlands and maybe get it on the agenda even better. And I would also love to, to see how we can get it on the agenda more international with organizations like Six Cells and Sickle Cell 101, and maybe even organizations in Nigeria, uh, which is a country very much affected by Sickle Cell. Looking forward to that. That's, a, that's, that's pretty awesome that those are some of the things you have. And um, and definitely we'll, uh, looking forward to just some, as you continue to drive it going into next year. As we, as we close out, I normally, I try to leave the audience three things before we go. And if they take, if they don't take anything from today's conversation, other than these three things, what would you want to leave the audience with before, before we wrap up today? Well, thank you back to my organization. I already said that a couple of times, but I really think it's really super important that um, if you're born with anything that society doesn't see as normal, like, like, like a disease, or that you can still become everything, anything you want to, and make sure the system doesn't tell you otherwise. Second would be, I think the time for, I'm also part activist, but you know that, right? I didn't mention that earlier, but yeah. <laughs> um, I would love for, for, for Black communities or Black and Brown communities, as you say, to collaborate more. So now that we got all the Black Lives Matter protests in London, in Berlin, in Paris, in Rotterdam, in Amsterdam, in all the places in the, in the States, what are we going to do now? Don't forget Africa and South America. What are we going to do now? So what's our next plan? We already see that there's a trend of supporting Black-owned businesses and like uh, unifying more within our countries, within our communities. But I think we can also, the next step would be, and I think it will be now to also do that on an international level. So get together, especially now with COVID, everybody's working online, everybody's doing things from a distance. So that should even make it more um, easier. The third thing, 2021 is coming. And as we saw this year, Everything can happen. So the things you, you, you planned, it can go that way. So maybe I'm going to get sickle cell on the international agenda, but maybe not. 
just be open and go with the flow and see opportunity and just be open to experience and feel. That's it. Great. Now, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think those are some very ambitious and very unique opportunities. I think we can all, it's actually doable. And so thank you for sharing, sharing those. And so as we close out, I want to first thank Chantel for joining us today from Rotterdam and really sharing more about what she's doing there with in music, driving sickle cell awareness, and just her impact on the wider community across the Netherlands and Rotterdam and Amsterdam. So Chantel, thank you for joining us today and just sharing your story and just sharing some of the wisdom that you have that I think will allow us to continue to be better advocates and allies for sickle cell, but then also helping us understand the the music industry and how it how how you're driving that there in the community. So thank you for joining today for, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. And so as we close out, I want I hope um, the audience I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of nuggets here that we can learn from and how we can support sickle cell how we can come together more as an international community, particularly for black and brown people. So as you listen in, I hope you enjoy the episode. And Chantel, once again, thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you.